We got State of the Division for the AOS. This is Ryan Ficklesign, Managing Editor, Just Baseball. We've got Kendall McKee here. And we have entered the final month of the season. So today we're going to talk about what to watch for each team in this division down the stretch. We'll begin with the Houston Astros. And the big story with them is Justin Verlander just went down with an injury. We were trying to figure out what this injury was before hitting record here. They say it's a fascia injury, but he's on with a calf strain of some sort. Uh, if what'd you find on fascias? Anything interesting there? Hey, Ryan, I don't want to be that podcast, but I think we might have an issue here. How do you have a guy pitching that late in his in his career? Here's maybe a nod to it. You ready for this? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. All right, a breakdown. It, so it's a breakdown in fascial tissue integrity, and then it says uh, factors such as the patient's age and nutritional status checks out. Along with a history of smoking and obesity, you know, he does have some love handles. I'll give him that. And then you've got chronic steroid use as another uh, potential factor in this injury. Hmm. Chronic Do we get steroid. our microscopes out here, Ryan, and say that this is a potential issue for Verlander? <laughs> I'll tell you the funny thing is. I remember like Verlander being very strong against guys like Ryan Braun over the steroid use. So yeah. I, hypocrites are always a little bit uh, louder. I'm just I'm just curious. I mean, it is an interesting <laughs> thing to recklessly speculate about. Although I, I guess maybe the age uh, is probably another thing to factor in for why the injury might have happened. But yeah, you know, I think it's funner to think about uh, the prospect of you know what my my thoughts on steroids. If I get to enjoy the players that I love longer. Let him take Sarah. Just don't tell me like Verlander pool holes. I'm good with all of it. <laughs> yeah, there's been a giant pool holes, you know, like speculation this Everyone's year. Everyone's wondering about street. that, which is cares him. But yeah, who cares? Just enjoy it. Enjoy, Just enjoy let him roll. Chase. So, yeah, that's that's obviously kind of the one thing right now to, to wonder about with the Astros, though, uh, in, in a more serious note is when are they going to get Verlander back? Will he be, you know, all, all ready to go for the playoffs? Because. Without him, even though I think they're going to have a, a a fairly simple road, you know, early on in that playoff run, where I think they're the best team in the American League. If you don't have your ace, that's going to make them a lot more vulnerable. Yeah, I think uh, they've got stables of arms. We've talked about that um, in past episodes, but walking out there without your guy on the mound, like that, just already is a mental factor and a mental hit. So. Um, I, I do see him just kind of taking this month. I would imagine that the the front office came in and they're like, hey, Justin, are you hurting? Like, how bad is it? And he's probably like, I could play through it. But they're like, okay, well, let's give you some rest. We really need you in the playoffs. And at this point, we're for pretty much for sure going to make it. So um, I imagine it was kind of one of those Tony uh, La Russa things where it's like maybe the injury or the sickness is not as bad. But it it factors in for the team, and so they like kind of make it a little bit worse than it is. And it is a cheating organization in the Astros, so maybe it was hey Justin, let's get you on the IL, let's get you on a new <laughs> regimen, let's make sure that you're gonna pass the test, but let's let's get some some fresh, you know, uh, you know, medication in you. Let, let, let's shoot up that that calf with some steroid. <laughs> it's so reckless but the other interesting element of his injury is he is minus four hundred right now to win the Cy Young. If he misses the next two or three weeks, uh, that could open it up for somebody else to get in the race. You got Dylan Cease at plus 500. 
Shane McClanahan plus 500. And uh, he just went on the IL with the shoulder impingement. And once again, we got to talk about Shohei Otani plus 5,000. It makes no sense to me why he's got, you know, 10 times uh, better odds on, on that than if you're looking at the MVP where he's simply, you know, plus 500 and, and Aaron Judge is minus 1,200. Now, I think we all kind of believe that, that Judge is going to run away with it. But at the same time, uh, I think that it sure has a chance at the MVP, but a much better chance at coming out of nowhere to win this Cy Young. We talked about this last week or two weeks ago, but his F4 right now as a pitcher is is a win behind Verlander. His ERA is within a run of him. He's at 2.67 compared to 184 for Verlander. And he has more strikeouts. He's striking out guys at a 12.38 clip over nine compared to Verlander at 9.12. What am I missing here? Nothing. I mean, you're just missing. Like we talk about prospect fatigue sometimes in baseball where guys like are, you know, prospects too long and then they should, if they would have been brought up into the media attention later, it would have been fine. I think that's kind of what you see with some of these MVP races and things like that. Like there should have been a time where Trout should have won like 10 in a row, but people were tired of that. And so, like, they just started voting for somebody else that was having a really good season, even though Trout was objectively better. And I think, not that Shohei is objectively better, but I think his odds are longer because people are like, yeah, we heard that story last year. And that's unfortunate in our society of just, like, what's the next biggest news? Because Shohei probably should be number two in this race. Like, I'm not willing to, I'm not willing to put him over Verlander, but I am willing to put him over uh, McClanahan and Cease. Now McClanahan, I think, is the is the bigger argument here. And Cease has had a really good year. I won't I don't want to take that away from him. But like Shohei is doing all this while also hitting every day. Yeah. Like I just it's just in, it's incredible. And uh I think at this point, Shohei's biggest competition for this, uh, especially with Verlander being out and questionable for the last month, and they might just take it easy with him, is Dylan Cease, you know. And so if I am putting a head to head between Dylan Cease and Shohei, I'm taking Shohei. Not, I know they're both great, but I'm probably going to take show. Yeah, I think that the one thing that hurts him a little bit is that I don't think he starts as frequently as they have him on the sixth, the sixth man rotation instead of five. So, uh, you know, might have a couple less starts to prove it. And he does have less innings than all those guys. All those guys are hovering around 150. He's at 128. But I, again, I just look at the context of how dominant he has been, particularly lately. And I just think that there's a chance here. I, I still would rather bet on the plus 5,000 odds on on the, the CIO than the MVP. But I think what we're still getting at to the original topic of our show today, you know, what to watch over the final month. I mean, Shohei is all you're going to be watching there. I mean, uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about Mike Ford hitting a couple home runs against his former team, uh, and which is interesting, of course, because he had 12 as a, as a rookie with the Yankees. And then the most he had was three in a season. He said three against or two against them in a game, <laughs> but in a series, but in yeah. a series, no series, my bad. But still, uh, you know, those little stories for, for the angels cutting Jesse Chavez, some of these things, uh, they're what's happening day to day. But the only thing to really be tuned in for is Shohei Otani right now. Do you think there's a, there is a situation where we come down to the end of this season and they kind of hang up Shohei uh, just so he doesn't get hurt towards the, uh, like for his big winter market. I think there's a, a chance would be interesting about that. If they did that, I think that really shows their hand because 
I am sure Shohei Otani wants nothing more than to, to play baseball throughout the rest of this season, show that he could do it. He still hasn't completely shown that he can go wire to wire as a starting pitcher. So yeah, if they were point. if they were to allow him to do that, I think that's what he would want to do. If they do shelf him, I think it's a big flashing sign of they want to trade him and they want to make sure that that asset remains protected, which is going to be probably the biggest story this offseason, I really feel here. Yeah, absolutely. So we got the Angels, the Astros. Uh, we, we skipped over the Mariners, who are second in this division in a playoff spot. We got competitive baseball to watch with them, and it's interesting because right now they are half a game behind the Rays for the first wild card spot. Game and a half over the Blue Jays, two games over the Orioles, three over the Twins. So any of those teams could theoretically make it. The one that's interesting to me that could push the Mariners out is the Orioles. They're this Cinderella story right now, and uh, they call up Gunnar Henderson, you know, top prospect. Hits a home run in his first step. What was with the, the uh, This is just the first time I've talked to anybody. What's with the, the helmet flip? Does he so, do that all the time? No, no it intentionally came off. Or it unintentionally came off. So he had the chin guard. And when he swung his, uh, well, let's see, he's left-handed. So his right shoulder hit the little chin guard and kind of popped it off. And then, like, at you know, he had to run. So he's just like, okay, whatever. Get out of here. Okay. And so <laughs> it wasn't like I just pimped that. And I'm going to start a new form of pimping. And I'm going to throw my helmet and let the lettuce fly. You know, like. That's not really what happened. So, so yeah, um, you know, I, I don't watch a ton of minor league baseball aside from my Mets prospects. I, I usually don't see a lot of these guys until they make it up to the show. So I'm like, is that this guy's shtick? Does he like after every hit, does he just throw the helmet? I was thinking no, that he might have base awesome, it up the though. middle and just toss the helmet. I mean, like, I, I only need this helmet for protection at the plate. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a fun team, though, right now with Gunnar Henderson up the way they've been playing baseball lately. Uh, it's I think it's interesting that. You know, if if they're gonna make the playoffs, they gotta bump somebody out, and it could be the Mariners. We hope it's not, but it could be. Yeah, I'm kind of rooting for both of those storylines, to be honest. Yeah. You know, like the ALE or the AL West is the most fun team to watch right now is the Mariners. I mean, because you have meaningful baseball, they're young, you've got players that you're maybe looking at for the first time if you haven't watched baseball all season. You're like this is going to like if he does make the playoffs, this is J-Rod's coming out party for national yeah. baseball that didn't watch the All-Star game. You know, like there's a ton of people in, you know, in this nation that tune in for playoff baseball only. And if that's the case, they're seeing J-Rod potentially for the first time. Uh, but at the same time, they could be seeing Gunnar Henderson for the first time. So, yeah. Um, Gunner is going to be very, very good, and I think it's really uh, – this Orioles team is doing nothing but, you know, trending up. Um, but I think I – ho- I'm hoping that next year is the Orioles' year and that because, like, for them, getting even that close is a success. Yeah. So just let that be your success. Don't put extra pressure on next year by making the playoffs this year. Uh, you know, like, and obviously that's – from a front office standpoint, that's – that's not what you do. You go for it every year, you know, yeah. uh, but at least if you're that close. So if you're the Mariners, though, like you're so it's so fun to watch. You've got players and stables uh, that you've got guys that are just popping out everywhere. Um, Eugenio is having a great season, uh, which was pretty surprising for me, actually. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm really excited to watch the M's come down the come down the uh, the end of this season. Uh, and I'm really rooting for them. Honestly, I'm a. I'm closet Mariners fan, just like Arm Layton. So, yeah, I feel that. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking at 
these teams who I want to see bounced. And to me, it's either the Blue Jays or the Rays. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I'd yeah, like I would much rather have the Orioles in and the Mariners in than both those teams. So that's what I'm saying. So we'll see if they're able to hold off here. But that's that's basically it for playoff teams. Uh, we'll go to your Rangers here. Uh, you know, they're they're 25 games back of the division. Don't necessarily think they're going to make a late push. Uh, I don't. I don't need to tell you how many games back they are. Uh, I guess I'll tell you. It's twelve. It's twelve games back in the wild card. Yeah. It's not going to be a playoff. It's enough uh, for you this year. What, what do you got to watch on the stretch here as a, as a Rangers fan? Well, my simple answer would just be: you don't have to watch it. Like, there there's go. nothing that's going to be meaningful in the Rangers uh, last month. That's. I mean, you're going to see some cool call ups. You're going to see guys like Bubba Chandler like get, do their thing and hit his first pop like. Uh, uh, two nights ago in the Astros, but this team is already ready for 2023. I mean, it's even telling that the third banner on their website says like uh, buy tickets now for 2023 scheduling. Like they're already like the whole Rangers system is packing it in. Uh, I'll give a nod here to Corey Seager. He's playing really good baseball. Um, him and Nate Lowe are crushing baseball still. And Adolis Garcia has had a hell of a year and I was pretty down on him earlier in the year. Uh, Martin Perez hasn't been as hot last half, but um, this team is this team's ready for next year already, I think. Um, and just mentally, I think they like if you watch the Rangers, they know they're going to compete in 23. And uh, so I think they're just excited to get to get this kind of out of the way so they can get to a competitive baseball again. Pretty interesting to see that Corey Seager has not had a 30 home run season. I know that kind of shocked me. So he, he's one away. So he'll he'll have his first 30 home run season. And uh, that'll be good for him to get that under his belt in his new home there. Uh, Oakland. Uh, I was saying that, that we could talk about here with them is they're, they're playing for, for ping pong balls, which is fun. Cause that's a new concept in major league. Yeah. That was usually <laughs> reserved for the NBA. Now we have odds on the lottery. So, you know, you just want to have the best odds possible. And I think the nationals are going to run away with that, that top tanking spot there. They're at 44 wins compared to 49 in Oakland, but you got the Tigers at 50 wins. You got the Royals at 53 wins. You got the Pirates at 49, the Reds at 51. There's there's a tankathon down the stretch here. Can the A's lose enough is the question. <laughs> the answer is, I think, but then they come out and they toast the Yankees and you're just like, what's going on here? Uh, but the the A's uh they just put Jimenez up on the 60. Um he's out for the end of the year, probably going to be ready for spring training. He's probably their most um their most dynamic player, even though he's a closer. I mean, it's weird when you have like a closer as like the uh the best player on the worst team. Like I feel like that just doesn't make sense considering he ha- they have to be good for him to get in the game. <laughs> yeah. But, uh but They've been cutting players left and right. When you think about guys like Elvis Andrews getting cut from this team and then going to the White Sox and logging significant minutes, like that just feels like a strategic move rather than a move that they wanted to make based on Elvis's performing. Um, yeah. You know, so it, it feels like they're lobbying for that last place ball. Uh, but at the same time, like Oakland is, I you know, I feel like even if they do get the number one spot, they're going to screw it up and they're going to go under slot and draft, you know, somebody crazy. So um, I don't know. I, I'm at a loss for words. This team is this team's in shambles, man. Um, it's the only it's thing crazy. fun to watch is Shea Langelier. That is it. It's crazy to me that they have found a way operating this way as a franchise to be so successful. 
as far <laughs> as his regular seasons are concerned. Right. Uh, but it's so hard to build a sustainable winner when you put a a six year time clock on every single player you got. It's you got to win it at that perfect time where all these young guys have to coincide at once. And they just had a core that they traded out, and they're trying to b- build a new one. It'll be great if they can get one big big prospect in the draft, but uh, you know it, it's tough to to pin all your hopes to to one or two guys. So we'll we'll see what happens with them. This is the same team that drafted Kyler Murray. In the first That's round, right. so good. Pick. I, don't think... I mean, good athlete, you know, <laughs> great <laughs> athlete, destined for the NFL. Why would you spend? Here's the problem: they 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 got Kyler Murray, and they said, "Hey, you know what? We'll let you live out your dream and start <laughs> your final season at Oklahoma, uh, and, and we'll just see how that goes. You're not going to be that good." And then he wins a freaking Heisman, and uh, whatever he just signed a five hundred million dollar contract yeah. as an NFL quarterback. <laughs> so that was our state of the AL West. Got it right this time. Last time I, I hosted this show, I think I said AL Central. Oh boy, Ryan. <laughs> for uh the rest of the week, you still got, of course, the NOS to, to check out, and we'll be back for the final couple weeks of this season here. We close out the playoff stretch and head into October. Make sure you're following us uh, wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube and check out all the articles we got going at justbaseball.com.